Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Wild Ones podcast, the show where we chat about bike stuff. I'm Francis. This is Jimmy. You right? Yeah, I, we're, in, we're in a new space this week. We've actually moved from what was our podcast studio into our video studio. Um, I'm not really sure why. We've, well... It was the worst room in the world. It was pretty bad for audio, to be fair. It was right next to the, the building site across the road. There was a... Well, some days it's fine. It. Other days, there's a thing that goes past 26 times an hour. Cleaning going, the road. Boop, boop, mm. boop. I used to pay them really to do wrong. that. It, oh, it's just a, a real good prank. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Yeah. And it got us in here, which is where I wanted to be. This is much a much nicer room to be in. And 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 we actually have I some like home. we have some space now. Whereas in there we had to like squidge right up to the <laughs> table so that we we're in shot. Whereas now we can you know lounge. I guess I feel very relaxed, very loungy. Mm -hmm. Do you? Yeah, good. <laughs> It's also very cool in here. Whereas the other room got very hot. You had to put the fan on. It was quite hot, wasn't mm. it? I I well, you liked it. I thought it was too hot. I thought it was lovely. It wasn't. It was too hot. You put a fire on in here. Put a fire on. Yeah. Hopefully there's never a fire in here. No, just a, a controlled fire. What's that, like a match? A candle? <laughs> really small. Is a candle a controlled match? A controlled fire, even. Let's get into this week's <laughs> debrief. <laughs> what the hell is going on in the Vuelta? Do you know what? The, the good thing about all of the craziness that's going on with the Vuelta is I've act I'm actually aware that it's on for once. Because normally, <laughs> normally you don't even know it's happening because no one cares about the Vuelta. It's, it's the least popular of the about. three Grand Tours. Mm. So it's a three-week race, same as Tour de France, same as the Giro. It's in Spain, called the Vuelta. And the there has been, well, the organizers been under fire. And lots of people will be complaining about the safety conditions. Uh, the first stage was a team time trial. So multiple riders, all on time trial bikes. They wanted it to finish... So the first stage, they wanted it to finish later in the day, before sunset, so people would watch it and they'd be finished work. Like evening. Well, that was the, I, I think that was the logic. Yeah. However. Good logic. They didn't of. anticipate that the first rain that Spain has had <laughs> in like two weeks, uh, sorry, two months, 
Is Lawrence, uh, my friend Lawrence lives in Girona. He was like, yeah, we've been, he basically had uh, um, a drought. Like there's been no rain as soon as the welter starts. Absolutely pissed it down. And uh, because of that, it was basically dark when they finished. Not only that, but because of the rain, did they stagger? Did, did they push the, the start of the race forwards as well? Well, it sounds like they must have delayed it a bit. It was just, uh, everything just went wrong. There were guys slipping out all over the road, uh, loads of crashes. Because it hadn't rained in so long, the roads get really slippery. Um, we've experienced that in training camps before in Spain because the, the road quality is fantastic. You don't get snow. And you, like, there's way less potholes and stuff because of that. But when it does rain and it hasn't rained in a while, it just becomes slick and mm. dangerous. Did they have lights? Surely uh, they had lights on their bikes if, if it's going to be in the dark. Of course they didn't have lights on their bikes. It's a bike race. It's a bike race. Uh, you would never put lights on your bike in a bike race like this. But well, you would if it's in the dark. Well, it wasn't supposed to be in the dark. Yeah, but if they'd known, they probably would have. Can you imagine riding like 50k an hour on people's wheels on no. a TT bike? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> on a TT bike where you're in this position with the, on the extensions, you don't have access to your brakes. So you, you basically on a line like this in the dark, in the wet. No wonder they'll crash I have I have ridden my old TT bike through London at night, and that is Sketchfest. They're they're a bit sketch anyway, aren't they? Oh, they're very sketch. Not, normal ride, oh, horrible, horrible bikes. Yeah. Um, Didn't you say something? I'm sure you were saying that they then had to ride the bikes back to the hotels because the buses couldn't get there or something or other. So they were like on TT bikes riding around Barcelona city centre in the pitch black. But when? After the stage. Oh, was that Emily that said that? I think it must have been Emily. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know if it was all the teams, but at least some of the teams, their buses weren't at the finish. A lot of riders were seen on social media riding their TT bikes through heavy Barcelona traffic in the rain. Can you imagine being no a little, having your little, um, what would you have in Spain? Bocadillo. Tapas. Tapas. And then <laughs> the pro riders riding past in the dark. That would be illegal in this country. Dark. It's illegal in Spain. It's a definite. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we got in loads of trouble at the end of a Red Hook once. Red Hook crit Barcelona. Well, mainly for people not having brakes on their bikes, but also for not having lights. Mm -hmm. Troublemakers. We were you troublemakers, know. yeah. <laughs> Stage two, loads of crashes again, terrible weather. They neutralized the GC uh, towards the end of the day, which is a sensible decision, I think. I think they finished on de a descent. Well, there was definitely like, they took the time from a, from a mountaintop, basically. Stage three, there was one, <laughs> Remco won, absolute beast of a rider, amazing win, and then rode into a crowd after the finish line and crashed into a lady. I have watched it. He literally just rode into a human being. <laughs> it does look like that, doesn't it? I, you know, you, you usually see it at the end of the stages where the, the pros come through and everyone just parts out of the way to let them through. And I'm assuming he was angry because of the state of the race over the, the couple of days before uh, and probably that stage and assumed everyone was going to move and they just didn't. Mm. It is unclear whether Remco could have, couldn't slow down in time or just assumed everyone would move for him, but he smacked into a soigneur. He definitely could have slowed down. Or maybe his brakes It was an uphill finish. It wasn't even fast. And then uh, he like crows over the finish line and then, oh, and then it went downhill. Yeah, yeah but... He got brakes. Maybe he didn't. <laughs> Maybe they failed. 
<laughs> we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, in any case, it looked it looked worse than it was in terms of injuries. I think. I hope he's all right. Regardless, I saw there was blood all over his face. Yeah, but it was like a very small, small injury. Like when he when when the blood was wiped off, it didn't look nowhere near as bad. <laughs> when the blood was there, it was it's like, oh my wound, god, Francis. he's gonna die. And then he was like, it one, you might be, maybe a concussion. <laughs> But he was on TV afterwards doing an interview saying he was very upset with uh, multiple things. Yeah, in the race it so seems far. like he was angry. And then he was probably it's, he was probably thinking, get out of my way, I'm angry. And then someone wasn't... they were The person he hit wasn't even looking in that direction. No. The crowd parted and it just revealed one person like looking in the other direction. Looking in the other way, yeah, yeah. Plowed yeah. into her. Mm. Well, I, I, hope, I hope they're both okay. It was a bit of a, a freak accident. Like, I don't... I don't really think you can blame anyone. You, can you can't blame the, the crowd. With it's just you can probably blame him, but we, <laughs> but we won't. <laughs> probably. Uh, moving on to interesting images have been released. Patents again from SRAM. Oh, they love and it. it don't they? Might be. Yeah, they do. <laughs> well, I think they have to release them, don't they? Well, yes. Isn't it the the, they're, they're, the law? They're, they're constantly at it. Mm. So. This might be the new SRAM Red. Speculation, Could not be. fact. Basically, it's an image of a shifter, like, what would you call it? A pattern image, blueprint. Is that what a blueprint is? Technical diagram, maybe? Technical diagram of a lever uh, with a small button on the inside, which has not been on any of the SRAM group sets, as I know, before. Mm -hmm. So it's the electronic wireless one. Generally, they, it's just the paddles that have the, the buttons on at the moment. Um, well, not paddles. What am I saying? It's the, the buttons. It's a button, it, It's a it? button, yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas DI2, Shimano's group sets, the electric ones, they've always had buttons on the top and the sides on the GRX ones. So this is adding a button in a new place for SRAM, mm. which might indicate the new SRAM Red. It, it, doesn't it say in the patent, um, activation of the button unit may initiate, initiate the generation of signals relating to shifting, pairing, derailleur trim operations, power management. They're basically... That could be anything. They're, saying, they're, they're probably saying with that it can be programmed to whatever you want. That would be cool. Which I think is what the top one on DI2 used to do anyway, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's like really... He, I, I love that. Because I know Chris, Chris Hall, one of our mates, he definitely used to have his top buttons to flick between his Garmin screens. Yeah. What the big thing that annoys me about using SRAM wireless, SRAM electric, is the fact that you have to change the front mech, if you have a front mech, you have to press both buttons at the same time, which means you can't do it with one hand. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think you can change it. You can put it in like synchro mode or whatever, but it, the, 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 if you've got it set up normally, you have to press both at the same time. Mm -hmm. This means you could have your front shift set to either of those buttons. So you could shift front ring if you have your hand off like if you're eating a gel or you're reaching in your pocket and suddenly mm -hmm. the gradient changes you want the more buttons better up to a certain point i'm sure yeah no yeah you, like having options is good this would be really welcome also the shifter looks very nice and small in the picture yeah compared to the existing sram red which uh when it first came out i think was fine there was nothing to compare it to but then since the force and rival got released and they're really sleek and small, yet they're hydraulic, but they managed to squeeze the reservoir into the really neat looking shifter and really nice feeling shifter. Going back to the SRAM Red, 
which is a more expensive group set, mm-hmm. feels big and clunky and old. I've, I've got the old Force on my gravel bike. And I want... I'm old not, Force? The, the, current, so like the, the current Force? Oh, no, no, sorry, the, the big, big shift one. Force. Yeah, yeah, big yeah, shift yeah. Force. Yeah, right, and right, right. I want to change it. I'm not going to because that would be an outrageous waste of money. Because we got the new Force on the two matching bikes here at K-Media. Which is also the same so as good, my rival, it? which I have on my road bike. It's just great, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's ident- pretty much identical. The, like the shape of the shifter. Yeah. Small, neat, wicked. But yeah, this round one. Uh, red needs to be updated and we've been saying it for ages. So hope it happens soon. L- looking at this photo though, that is a very small shifter. I did bring up the photo. There is no way that that's a mechanical shifter, is there? As in not hydraulic brakes. Can't possibly be, can it? Why? Well, they surely and not do... They, everything they do now is hydro, isn't it? Uh, like hydraulic braking. No, you can still get a... You can still get a red and a force. Um, I have one, but they're they're phasing not the new stuff. Out, yeah, they're phasing it out. Yeah, but that shifter looks very small. Yeah, it's one of those things that technically does exist still. The force, but Nick had one, and now I don't think he can get another one in the shop. Yeah, I bought the last one. I'm actually really so, excited mm-hmm. to try Di2 versus SRAM. To be honest, because mm-hmm. I've ridden SRAM mm-hmm. for a long time now, and I think I I look at 105 Di2. I think it looks great. Yeah. But I used to do a lot of my own mechanic stuff. And as a result of that, I would never get DI2. However, Nick does all of my bike stuff now. Mechanic Nick. Wait, why wouldn't you have DI2? It's just too complicated. There's just, there's just all internal wires and things. And I wouldn't want to do that. Okay. I don't mind doing like internal cables because you just feed it. But like the, the wire side of stuff always is just too much for me to want to do myself. That's easier than cables. It's easier than the mechanical. It can't be. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. It can be. You can use cables that are too long. You can use. Well, you can't use cables that are too short. But it doesn't matter how. Like, if you've got loads of cable, you just kind of stuff it in the frame. As long as it all connects, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as it goes into the junction box and into the mechs, it doesn't matter where it goes. So you kind of just stuff it in and make it work. That's easier than the brake hoses and getting everything right because they've got to be perfect length, perfect this. Oh no, but I'm just, I'm not even talking disc. Once disc became like a normal thing, I was like, I'm not I'm touching done. that either. Yeah, that's not for mm-hmm. me. I mean, it has changed. Like all of these things are. I guess w- the reason some people are upset over the changes that cycling has gone from, I'm able to take my bike outside, turn it upside down in the garden, and work on it, to now I have to take it to a shop and get a professional mechanic to do it. In a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, people can and will still do it at home, but there's there is a lot to mess up, isn't there? And you need more stuff like oh, you need the bleed kit, and if it's SRAM, you're using dot fluid, which is poisonous. So there's things that you have got to consider, rather than just here's a cable, put it through. It's a bit it used to just be like Lego, didn't it? I think if one of my best mates uh, wasn't a professional mechanic, then um, I don't know what I would do. I'd probably be rim very, brake only. I'd probably would be rim brake only, mm. and just doing and stick to doing all of my own own home mechanics, like I always used to do. Yeah, I like having a rim brake bike at home. I've got the Scott Addict, the one that they would give to the UCI racers, the young racers. And it's like it's like I think it is just an old Addict RC frame repainted, but having that in my house makes me happy because I know if if something does go wrong with it, I can fix it in my kitchen. Yeah. Now, most of the tools are here, but I've got enough in my garage to be able to completely service that bike. Whereas There's something am, about that, I'm like, yeah, that's nice. I'm very happy knowing that one of my mates is a professional mechanic and I have a roof rack on my car. <laughs> You're with multiple of your friends 
are professional mechanics. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> You're so. never going to be without someone who can mm-hmm. who can help you with your bleed. And to be fair, I, I filmed so many bike builds. I think I could probably do it myself. Anyway, mm. it's not hard, is it? Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> oh, it's easy. I'm expert with the bleed kit anyway. Now, now I've done my earwax. <laughs> Have we spoke? Did we speak about that last? Yeah, week? I think we spoke about it last <laughs> week. <laughs> Jesus. Update to that, Emily. How's your ear? My ear's also bad. You like Emily's ear is blocked. Get the bleed blocked. kit out. <laughs> Francis actually bought a bleed kit and then gave it to me. And I consulted one of my no, friends as a nurse. I didn't get you a bleed kit. I got you a, a, a purpose-built machine for cleaning your ear. Yes. But after consulting Nick's wife, who is a nurse, she was like, no, you have to be trained to do that. And I'm scared I'm going to perforate my eardrum. So I'm not going to do that. Good. Mm. I'm glad you're not going to do that. Technically, I've had the training. So I could do your ear for you. In, in bleed kits, though, not in... No, no, no. The machine is exactly the same. This is not happening. (laughs) If there's no podcast next week, it's because Emily's hearing has gone. So what's up next, Francis? (laughs) Next up, someone's released. I actually know this person. Someone's released a 150 pound base layer specifically designed for riding over 30 mile an hour, 50k an hour. The base layer looks like a crop top. Jimmy's going to model it for us now. Have you seen School of Rock? Yeah. And do you remember they play against the, the big final? Yeah, his name's like Spider. That guy is bassist, now, that guy is a politician. The bassist yeah. from that band wears a leather shoulder piece thing. That's the Frushante. That's the John Frushante thing. No. Yeah, that's where he got it from. They, well, they ripped that off John Frushante. This crop top bass layer. He makes that look good. Is definitely styled on that. It's that. It's basically like just your top of your arms. Uh, and the top, well, it's like a crop top. pectorals. And your pectorals. Nothing else. So John Frusciante was actually really, really aero. And so was the guy in School of Rock. Essentially, this is a partial base layer that you're supposed to wear in conjunction with a skin suit, which is smooth, which creates bumps in the sleeves and the top layer of your skin suit, which is supposedly faster. Old skin suits had this kind of technology in, like they, were, they would add, I think Endura did one, where they would add bumps after making the skin suit uh, to your sleeves because that would be faster because it causes some sort of effect on the wind. They banned that. UCI banned that completely. So people have been looking at ways of like, do it, like making a skin suit with seams in a certain place because if it's structural, if it's actually, it has to be there to, to sew the skin suit together, the UCI have to allow it. Whereas adding things after was not allowed. This is a workaround again. Is it UCI approved? I don't know. The website doesn't say. The UCI don't have to allow it. I think if if someone put something in structural that was too significant, they would just say, you're not allowed to use that seam. Yes. What if they put too many seams in? Or, or if the seam was too bulbous, if it was too big, just for the purpose of breaking up the air. Yeah. But there's been fabrics that have been designed for probably 10 years now, which are... Um, there's the one that everyone has seen, which is almost like a pinstripe. Is that by the bio race of the first people to do that skin suit? Maybe um, years ago. I think that I, I don't know if that's a fact. It was okay within my racing circle. Everyone's like, "Oh, the bio racer skin suit." Everyone was talking about it as yeah. the bio racer skin suit. So that was one that kind of got people's attention. So um, the, the the fabric technology was available to everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether they were first to use it or not. 
Uh, loads of manufacturers do it where it's it's got a pinstripe in it. We've made skin so skin suits for you, skin suits for Chris that have all got the same the same fabric, and it's essentially the same stuff. There's loads of companies that make it. Um, is this uh, crop top base layer actually going to make you any individual faster? Who knows? Speculation. There is a 50k an hour, sorry, below 50k an hour version and an above 50k an hour version. The above 50k an hour version is sold out on the website. Uh, problem is, with stuff like this, as you just pointed out, will it actually be faster? People might just wear it without error testing it. With anything like this, you need to go to a wind tunnel or do some outdoor testing or do some indoor velodrome testing to quantify it. Is it faster for you? Some people, this might be faster. Some people, it's not. It's like the Ken's bike. Like he got a new Trek speed concept. We talked about this last week. For him, it's slower, even though on paper, it's a faster bike and all the claims, it's a faster bike. So unless you're testing it, pointless. For clarity on that, the company that sells this has done wind tunnel data themselves that show it's apparently faster than not wearing anything. But what you're saying is wind tunnel data only works... It's specific to a person. It's specific to an individual. Yeah. I mean, you'll get a good idea, perhaps. But if you're, you know, you, you don't know. You don't know unless you test it. I, I there's, there's two things that I dislike about this. The first is that... Price? Um, well, actually, no, I don't care about the price. Because, you know, if, if, if people want to pay money for performance, they can do that. You know, if you can afford it, fine. I think the two, thing, the two things that I dislike are... Um, it relies on wind aero testing, which I just think is just like, it's just ludicrous for normal people. I know you're, you uh, love it and all of that, but I just think it's, it's stupid. Well, I don't I love it. It's just, it's, it's the only correct. If, you, if your goal is to go faster, then it's a very important thing to do. It's not a very important thing to do. Well, it's more important than a lot of things people do already. I'm not disputing that, mm. but I still don't think it's important. Why? And I think there's loads of testing that you can do that isn't spending a thousand pounds on a wind tunnel that will also give you really good results. Well, you don't have to. You could do an outdoor test. Yeah. Well, you can do your own tests. You, you can. You absolutely can. You can if you're willing to spend the time and know what you're doing. Well, you have to. You have to spend like Aerolab. That was the old thing. So, so either you're spending money and time or not money and time, and you're probably going to get more or less the same result mm. for a normal person. Mm. I think the the main thing is a normal person doesn't need to do any of this. Just ride your bike, race it. You're going to win or you're probably going to lose. Most people are going to lose. That's 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 how that's how how it works. Unless you're not everyone's test, a winner. You might win. You won't. You just might get like one extra place. <laughs> but you know, if if you're like furiously rich and really into it, then yeah, sure. You know, have 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 a punt on all of these things. Mm -hmm. But I just, I just, the problem I have with these is that I think they encourage people to think that they need this like just to throw money at all of this stuff. They don't. Just just go and race and enjoy it. Do you get this kind of thing in running? Um, not in terms of like... Not the same level? No. It's obviously... Well, there was those special shoes, wasn't there? That um, Everyone runs in carbon shoes now. The guy was trying to do the fast marathon in, the fastest marathon, and then everyone got those yeah, shoes. Yeah, but pretty much, pretty much all elite shoes have carbon insoles now. And Which is like, not, apparently it's not the springiness of the shoe. It's like how the carbon absorbs each step. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a reducing thing, impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, they, are, they are a significant difference, apparently. Apparently, yeah. I've, I've never, 
I, I retired from competitive running way before they were a thing. Mm. I am interested to try some because everyone just has them now. Yeah. Um, one of our mates, Ladine, she bought a pair to do, I think it was last year's Great North Run. Great North Run. Yeah. And she was doing a training run, bought a pair, did the, I think the same training run like a couple of days later and was just quicker. But yeah. is, is it the a problem placebo? with testing your own thing? Yeah, you can't test. That's why wind tunnel testing is good. But why does it matter if she was faster? It's fine. Mission accomplished. Exactly. It, does, it, it doesn't like you don't Mission need to do all of these hardcore tests. Like a normal person doesn't need to do like really extreme testing. Mm -hmm. Like if you can afford it, sure, why not? Yeah. And you just want to do it for fun or whatever, or you want to do it because you're really into that thing. But mm -hmm. it's just so excessive. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I'm just putting up their wind tunnel data thing. So you never wear a base layer. Very big, yeah, I hate wearing base layers. So would you wear this base layer if it got you an extra three watts? Extra three watts? Yeah. Three, well, three watts less for the same speed? Yeah. 120, nah. I'd do aero socks, though. All right, so what if it got you... Because aero socks, that's like seven to ten, maybe a little what bit more What if it got you watts. ten watts? And they're cheaper? Huh? Got you ten watts. Ten watts, probably, yeah. But then you overheat because you're wearing a base layer. <laughs> Which one are you going to go with? I'm assuming that the TT that I'll do will not be too long that I'll overheat. Oh, no, die. it's not a TT. It's just riding with your mates. Oh, definitely not. Not? Absolutely not. I thought that'd be the main reason to get it. What, ride with your mates and beat them? Yeah. Because you're so aero. Mm. Most aero man in the world. Yeah. yeah. More aero than John Crescente? No, never. Through rigorous testing and development, the high-speed aero base layer was created to cater the, to the specific needs of road sprinters and track racers operating at speeds exceeding 50k an hour. So we're basically, uh, I mean, completely forgot to mention this, 50k an hour is faster than race pace in a TT. So we're talking about guys sprinting at the end of a race kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The innovative rib spacing design ensures optimal performance and drag reduction in this speed range, enhancing the overall efficiency of athletes in high-speed scenarios. Prototype 5 will be available as a high-speed base layer soon. Two things I'm taking away from this. One is they did a load of prototypes. Some were faster than others. Prototype 5 emerged as the clear winner. Specifically in that scenario. Whereas one of those other prototypes for a different person might actually be faster. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, the, that's a point. The next point is under 45 kbh, they're basically all the same. Um, it, the, the, the thing is, you know, they're, they're saying here, it's specifically for sprinters and track people. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't a product for normal people. It's, it's for like, it's an uber niche product for an uber niche scenario. Mm -hmm. But people are going to go and buy this and start wearing them on their like club rides and stuff. Yep. Especially in London. If you're a business making that, you want it to be slightly appealing to those people because there's not enough legit freak of nature, super fast sprinter and track people to buy it. And if they do exist, they probably get them for free anyway. Probably, yeah. Did you see the photo of a lorry that overturned and like, 10 cars, supercars, all fell out the back of it. Yes, it was one of those moments where it was very sad. But then when I found out the backstory, I was then like, this guy's great. <laughs> He's hero of the week. He's a new section of the podcast, hero of the week. Hero of the <laughs> week. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. There's uh, basically the, a guy who was driving his truck with a bunch of supercars on the back and swerved to avoid some cyclists as he was going downhill, like a twisty downhill. 
He knew he was in trouble. He jackknifed it on purpose, flipped it. What two million quid's worth of cars. Two million? 270 grand Lamborghini. Two million. 180 grand Aston Martin. Two Ferraris. He sacrificed those cars and probably his job to not kill people. And that is what we like to see from drivers. Do you think he would, do you think he would have lost his job? I would hope not. I hope not. But they'll probably find a reason to get rid of him. But they'll all be insured, you know. It's all insured. Richard Kilburn. He was 61. Is he not anymore? Has he had his birthday? He might be 62 now. He might be. It's true. (laughs) That is actually That crash has aged him. Taken years off his life. He's a hero. (laughs) Time for another round of overrated or underrated. I'm going to read out a list of things and you're going to tell me if they are overrated or underrated. Oh, Jesus. Starting with... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Rafa. Um, haven't we done this one before? Or is it just every now and again? I We have never done Rafa. You just think about it a lot. Um, overrated. Why? Because people think they're the best thing in the world. They are good, to be fair. Their products are quite good. Mm. They've, had, they've had phases in the past where their products, their product quality went downhill. Was that after Walmart bought them? I think it was. A, yeah. Was, they were bought by... There was a bit, wasn't there? The wall... What are they called? Wall group It's family. actually got nothing to do with Walmart, per se. It's, no, the family. It's, I, think, I think it was the two grandsons which have a, a big investment trust and they bought into it because they're cyclists. So they did that like rich person or rich investor thing where they bought a cycling brand for $200 million just as their little bit on the side because their actual investments are like billions and billions. Mm -hmm. I've had some Rafa kit in the past and all of it was really good. I liked the tights that didn't have a pad in them because if you wear tights with a pad, I find personally the pad ends up moving around. And then not sitting in the right place and you have to readjust them and do all that stuff. Whereas if you have bib shorts underneath and then you wear thermal tights over the top that don't have a pad in, your bib shorts stay exactly where they should be and the tights don't mess with that. I've never had an issue with that. No. It sounds like you'd need a tighter pair of tights. Probably. Yeah, it does sound like that. Super tight tights. John Frusciante actually used to wear tights on stage. (laughs) (laughs) I heard they were uh, Atticus tights he used to wear. Atticus ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I used to ride my bike. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, not you, John Frusciante. Oh, jo- oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm. He's a big fan. 
he's, got, he's got the full range. <laughs> and the new Atacris crop top, which is being launched yeah, in that. summer 24. How many watts faster is it? <laughs> I th- I, yeah, I think, I think they're overrated because they were so dominant that they're able to basically throw money at making sure that anyone that got new became new to cycling were they were the first person you could you would come across mm. the products are all right their marketing has been okay historically um uh, the physical locations in good places in the world where you need a place to go and have a coffee and park your bike safely they nailed that london Piccadilly. There's lots, lots of places that are safe to park. No, it's like the default place. When I was living in, living in London, they were, well, like, where are you going to go? Dynamo near Richmond Park, which is too far out. Look, Mum, no hands, which is now gone, now got, now gone. Yeah, one of, but it's one of the handful of locations because where you could actually go and do that. Big multi-million-dollar businesses like Rafa put them out of business. Look, Mum, no hands was legendary. Look, Mum, no hands. That is underrated. <laughs> Underrated, underrated, yeah. and now it's massively, gone. and now, and it's, now gone, it's, yeah. gone. it's gone. That was such a lovely place, wasn't it? Well, it was. It was originally like a, a like a courier hangout, hmm. like proper Shoreditch. It was super cool. It always had the, had um, the like Tour de France on. My old office used to be just around the corner, so I used to go there on my lunch breaks and watch watch the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. I used to love it. it so good. Yeah, it was a great spot. Nice people and good name as well. Look, my hands. Sad that they're gone. Little underrated. Team. They had a little team. Used to be races. Look, my hands jerseys. I don't think it was officially a team, though, was it? They used to have like kids. The, yeah. yeah. I think it was, uh, they were registered. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Francis, you haven't said we, whether you think Rafa is overrated or underrated. I would say overrated, but it's pretty good. But it's like the diff- it just, there's loads of other kit brands which are better as well. Next up, Cannondale. Hmm. Um, I've ridden lots of Cannondales. Nick mechanic Nick despises <laughs> Cannondales. Um, James isn't a fan either. Bike for James. I would probably say they are overrated, mm-hmm. and we'll blame Rafa for that. <laughs> Any excuse? Why? Well, EF pro cycling, isn't it? <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all right, you know. Like you get you get to a space with bikes, so they're basically all the same. And they kind of fit. Into well, that no, now. no, no, because they do weird stuff. So I'm in two minds because on one hand, they do weird stuff, which becomes annoying. And then other bike brands in start BB30 is Cannondale's fault that exists. Mm-hmm. So they made all these press fit bearings. Frames got lighter, but their tolerances have to be really perfect to get the BBs to go in and not creak. And then they did that. They all creaked because bike industry can't make round shapes. And then like everyone wheel, like inherited wheels. it. Uh, huh? Like wheels. Like we can do some some manufacturers can. Riot can't. Uh we'll discuss that in a future episode. The uh yeah, they've invented BB30 and now they've like unleashed that on the world. Now they've gone back to threaded. Have they officially gone back to threaded? I'm pretty sure. Oh wow. Don't they have the big one? T forty seven. I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. Mm. I haven't looked in a while. I know lots of manufacturers did start moving over to T forty five. On the flip side. They do stuff that I think is quite cool, like lefty. the le- lefty, yeah. That's not cool. It's terrible. I think it's cool. It's not. It's terrible. No, I think it's cool. They had to be fair. This is the thing, though. I think they're all all of the top end is just merging into one. Like, mm. when was the last time that Cannondale or really any other bike manufacturer did something where you were like, "Oh my god, 
good. The last is probably it's that well. hideous canyon grail, whatever it's called. Double, the double, double bar thing. And that's probably five years ago, six years ago now mm-hmm. that they did that. Nothing, nothing really shocking has come through in a while, has it? No. It's disappointing. If you'd asked me a few years ago when the... <sighs> Before the CAD 10, I think the CAD 10 was the CAD 10 was all right. It's like the aluminium one that they mm-hmm. did. That's when things started to not be as good. I had a CAD 12 and it was a rim break mind. A rim break CAD 12 and it was mint. I'm so sad. I had a I CAD 12. It. It was Maybe amazing. The, the, 10 was, the 10 was really good. The 12 was less good. <laughs> the, there were, and there were versions before which were awesome and they were all amazing. Chris used to have an 8 at a point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're all great bikes. Just don't get carbon. They probably don't even make alloy bikes anymore. Nah. Uh, I bet they do. Can I just but say, they definitely will. in defense of Cannondale, I have a Cannondale Topstone. And as a five foot two small person, they are really good at sizing down that bike appropriately. Because usually I find like just the sizing goes weird and there's loads of toe overlap and... It's got, it's got like a weird extension on the tube, which gives you toe overlap, but it's still the correct size. Isn't it? Yeah, it seems like they've actually genuinely gone, okay, let's size this down and let's see if it works. And yes, I appreciate that. It is good. They've up, they're up to a CAD 13 now, but it's disc brake. Yeah. It's completely, it was like a complete redesign. Yeah, so if I was going to ride one of those, I'd want to go a few generations back, rim brake. And they looked cool. CAD 12. They look cool. But now 10. It'll be a press fit BB30A. And you will have hell from it forever. Because that's what happens. Overrated or underrated? Um, overrated. Mm. Overrated. Wind tunnel tests. <laughs> I think we already know Jimmy's answer on this Lol. one. Um, very definitely and clearly overrated. And I don't care what you say, who you are, you're wrong. They're overrated. What if your name is Filippo Ganna and your career depends on it? Overrated. (laughs) I think they are overrated and other testing like outdoor testing or even indoor velodrome testing Mm -hmm. is underrated. It just doesn't look as sexy. It doesn't look as cool. Like if you, if you were, if you're on a wheel brands website, if you want to envy's website, people want you, you, the default and the thing you would expect to see is wind tunnel testing, isn't it? Whereas actually, real world stuff can be excellent. I would not expect to see wind tunnel testing. What would you expect to see? Is the is the wheel going to break? Is yeah. it durable? Mm-hmm. Is it is it going to can it, is it has it been tested that it's going to last me a decade mm. of riding? That's all I care about. That's what I'd want to see. And is it serviceable? Yeah, yeah. Depends how much riding you do. I mean, disc brake. I wonder how much life you can get out of a wheel with discs much longer. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely longer. But that's what I mean. It needs to be serviceable. You need to be able to get the bearings out and not be too complicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't care about wind tunnel testing. I'm I'm sorry to all cyclists in the entire world, but it's 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 pointless. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know. Yeah. So overrated. I also don't need to know what the weight of the bike is, but we'll not get into that. <laughs> um, I mean, it, when you do talk about these things, you represent most people that ride bikes. Yeah. I represent a much smaller portion of people that ride bikes. 0.1%. 0.1%. 
Maybe slightly higher than you that. You just said ride bikes. Most people don't even ride a road bike. That That's true. That's true. You're 0.1% and I'm like 5%. I'll go for the 0.2. So one more thing on the list. Pineapple on pizza. Um, Horrible. I actually think, Horrible. It's, I think it's a bit underrated. Disgusting. When I used to eat meat, which is something like seven years ago now, mm-hmm. I used to get uh, a takeaway from Pizza Hut, stuffed crust always, and it would be sweet corn, pepperoni, and pineapple. That. And it is fantastic. Pepperoni and pineapple. Yep. That doesn't seem like it would go together very well. It does. Nah. Horrible. No. Fantastic. That's a that's definitely no, no. ham on a pizza. However, no, never. In it, with with or without pineapple, no. What's your least favorite food? Food. Yeah. Just like in general. Yeah. Not overrated, underrated. Just your least favorite food. Um. Wow. Well, I don't know. Emily, what do I not like? I can't even think. <laughs> There's not a lot of things that you don't like. I would say. Do you like? Mine is prawn cocktail. Do you like prawn cocktail? Yeah, fine with it. Oh. Oh, here's a controversial one. Crisp or actual prawn cocktail? Actual prawn, like prawns, horrid. The sauce that they're in, even no. worse. But, but the sauce is is basically ketchup, island sauce. ketchup and mayonnaise yeah. mixed together. To be honest, if the sauce was in another context, it'd probably be fine. But because it's touched a prawn, then no. Oh, o- prawn, oysters man. like shell, like gooey shellfish. I'm not interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a controversial one. I've never eaten a shellfish. Marmite. I'm pretty neutral. I'm saying if that was overrated and underrated, it would be the first one I've ever failed to answer for. It's it's literally I'm fine. I'm I don't mind it. Yeah, but I I don't love it. I don't hate it. Yeah. Sorry, Marmite. Marmite's marketing. What 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 would what do you hate? Celery. Celery's nice. Bit of salt. Lovely. Yeah. I I was telling Nick I would rather be in a room full of a thousand Catherines, who's his little baby daughter, who's two years old, all throwing up at the same time, than eat a piece of celery. Like a thousand of them just what, bleh, what going if, everywhere. What if all of a vomit is salary vomit? That's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. So would you rather eat a piece of salary Ooh. or have a thousand Catherines throwing up salary vomit? A thousand Catherines. I'm oh. not eating celery. You're not going to get me to eat celery. That is outrageous. No. Imagine Bush Tucker trial. They would just bring out the celery. I'd be like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I feel <laughs> no, like we're starting a new section of would you rather here. <laughs> if you'd like to see more of that, then comment below and tell us. Um, would you like to move to fluff up of the week? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Hmm. I gave you a job, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Order some laptop cases. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you give me the blame here, you, you are... sent me a link. No, you sent me a link to a website. So we've been giving, uh, Apple an outrageous amount of free advertising by using these laptops in the podcast. They're actually very good laptops. They're very good laptops, yeah. <laughs> but we're not sponsored by them. So we're going to cover them up with like cool wild logo or look at a skin for the laptops. Jimmy sent me a link to a, a website. website. No, not a product. You sent me a link to a product. No. I can prove it. No. I'll prove it on my phone. You no. sent me a link to a product, no. which was skins for a laptop that you'd stick on top. I didn't even know th- I didn't th- even know a skin was a thing. You designed some and you- anyway, I designed two, one for me and one for Jimmy. I know what happened was I sent you a link to a website. You went for the skin because you wanted to save five quid rather than buy a case, which is a little bit more expensive. And you ended up buying a piece of plastic, sticky back plastic with with wild on it. That is.
That is a glossy sticker that costs 20 quid. It's outrageous. A sticker for 20 quid. That is a very significant failure. Mm. It was meant to be like a, a case. Yeah. Not 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 just a piece of plastic, a case. Don't don't take it off. Leave it as uh, don't put it on the do not put it on there. Do not put don't do it. Oh, That actually looks quite good. It doesn't. It doesn't. That's yeah, terrible. It's good. So that wasn't wasted money. I've stuck it onto Marco Plantani That's because good. the the pot wasn't very nice. We needed a new pot, so now we've decorated. The pot is lovely. It's actually got a bit of character. Now it's just shiny, glossy black with wild on it. Next up is listeners takeover, and this is a message from Chris from Texas. Hello, Jimmy and Francis. I've started road biking. I've come from a mountain bike background. I'm in the market for a new bike. I've been looking at a $600 US bike with Shimano Claris and thought it would be a great entry-level bike for me. Recently, I tried a $1,000 Cannondale Synapse with Shimano 105. That felt great. Should I start with a cheaper bike, get comfortable on a road bike, and then upgrade, or should I just buy the Synapse now and go from there? So my first thought is buy the best bike you can for the amount that you can afford. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm also the kind of person which likes to try lots of new things. And as a result of trying lots of new things, I end up wasting lots of money. Is this like Nick with his paddleboard? Nick Harnett, not Nick Vieri. Nick Harnett. Yeah, Nick Harnett. Oh, Nick Vieri does that as well. Does he do paddleboarding? No, he buys things and then doesn't use them very much. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so it depends. If you're the kind of person, Chris, Chris from Texas, if you're the kind of person which likes to try lots of things and then ends up quitting after like a month or two, save your money, buy the cheapest one possible. Mm-hmm. However, if you're the kind of person which is likely to commit to it because you've got some mates that are already road, riding road bikes or you know you're going to commute on it, get the best you can afford. Get the best bike with the budget that you have. I agree. Uh, Perhaps for a different reason. I think if you buy the Synapse and you decide you don't like cycling and you want to get rid of it, you'll have an easier job selling a slightly more expensive bike. Yep. Whereas the entry-level one is like, and you'll probably end up selling it for really not that much money. Uh, The other thing is that you're going to have a nicer time. Like the difference between a £600 bike or $600 bike and a $1,000 bike is going to be pretty big depends where you buy it from it's that diminishing returns yeah true assuming they're both bought from the same place yeah uh the difference there is going to be massive like diminishing returns when you get over two thousand pounds for sure but at this price point the gains that you're going to make spending that 400 pound more 400 dollars more is going to be massive you're going to have a really nice time on that bike it's going to fit great because canadell synapse is great geometry and yeah, I, I would go for the more expensive one. However, if it was a Cannondale Synapse for $600 with Shimano Claris, so the same frame set but lower spec. Same wheels. Same. Say, say it's exactly the same, then you go for happen. the $600 one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because yeah. you could then, you could sling a better group set on two mm. years, three years. Well, like, you know, as it wears out, you put a higher standard group set on if you wanted, and then you've got a better bike. Although... You know, if it's the new Shimano Claris, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. If we're looking around this price range, though, upgrading a group set, and if you were paying someone to do it, it's quite a big percentage of the bike you're spending again. 
and it just on labor and it doesn't make much difference no it doesn't make that much difference Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah it depends he hasn't told us what the original bike was but as a guess thousand pound one be pretty sick if you can afford it and you're gonna stick to it yes (laughs) even if you're not gonna stick to it and you can sell it do you know what? that's a, that is actually a really good point because I would never think mm. about it like that. But yeah, the like, resale value of of a slightly more expensive thing. It's higher risk in a sense of if it's more expensive, you potentially lose more money. However, you are if you've got an unbranded six hundred dollar bike versus a Cannondale Synapse for a thousand dollars, that is probably going to sell better than just like a Walmart bike, a six hundred dollar Walmart bike. Yeah, yeah, it's branded. It's got a brand name. Good point, Francis. Thank you. From a listener in Wales. Do you know him? Probably. I'm after some help, and I don't want to embarrass myself by asking the mountain goats I ride with showing weakness. They don't sound like very nice people. I live in Lango... Can you... <laughs> Why do you read this question? Langolan? Emily, you, you can have a go. You're good at Welsh pronunciations. I would say... Llangollen. Yeah. Ah, Llangollen. Double L is. Is that what you were practicing on the audio tests earlier? <laughs> Not intentionally, <laughs> Welsh basically, words. yeah. I was, I was doing a Diesa test. He lives in there, North Wales, and I love hills. However, I'm a fairly large guy and struggle when it's over a mile or so. I'm we- riding a compact crank set with 11, 28, 12, uh, 11 speaker set on the rear. But as soon as I'm out of the saddle to keep up on climbs, Oh, I'm soon out of the saddle to keep up on climbs. Would you advise just to get fitter and stronger with what I have or switch up to a 30 to 32 tooth cassette to spin? Thanks. You know my opinion on gearing on bikes. Yes. When has there been a time that you've been riding a bike and you've thought, I have too many gears. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm too fast for this, for this bike. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't ever happen. So like whenever I wished I'd had a harder gear, a couple of times with Tony when I've gone on my one by with him, and then he's gone. I'm going to attack you because I'm because you're on one by. Well, the problem there's the one by. <laughs> that is the yes. <laughs> uh, easier gears, 100%. Do it. Then yeah, I will go with whatever situation or upgrade that's needed to make you end up riding more. Whatever leads to you riding more. Yeah. That's Bearing in mind volume and time on the bike is the most important thing when it comes to improving it's volume that's it the hierarchy of training needs volume then intensity that's that's just how it is the more time you can spend on the bike the better if putting easier gears on your bike leads to that then then you should do that yes i agree uh i have some other comments to make though what's that um week his mates do we know this guy's name no it just says maybe his name is thanks we'll just call him welsh boy welsh boy well no what's uh what's um what's the bartender's name in little britain i don't know i've never really watched little britain nathanway nathanway davith davith no that's the guy is that who he mean oh yeah okay davith yeah. I don't. I think they did have their name in their email address, but they didn't sign it off. And sometimes I'm worried people don't want to be named. Mm. So we'll call him. We'll call him Dewey. Right, Dewey. You need to have a word with your mates, because if they're beds, you need to tell them to not be knobheads for a start. 
like we said, get more gears, you'll enjoy it more, and don't worry about being a large guy. Just spin your way up a climb. If they want to ride off, let them ride off, because you're clearly you're, you're you're where it's happening. You're you're the lad. You're the entertainment. They're going to ride away from you, and they're going to have a less interesting ride. So let them go. You don't can, need them. Can I just say we're assuming that his mates are going to be bad. He feels he's in, he's scared to tell his mates in case. They Maybe they the should be really nice actually, about it. Perhaps they would be supportive, mm. so we don't know. But I would say if they are, find better people to ride with. We've all been beginners, or we've <laughs> all been getting into it. We've all lost fitness and regained fitness. Those people at the top get to have longer rest, and that's easier for them. What we also know about North Wales is it is savagely hilly. <laughs> so, <laughs> like so definitely outrageous. get more years. It is just Lake District 2.0. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, but lovely, but horrible. Also, 30, a 30 or a 32 cassette is not that big. No, I get more again. Yeah. Well, uh, no, you start gears. getting to the point where, yeah, where it might be rear mech would be the limiter. We live somewhere, so we live somewhere hilly and I ride gravel gearing on my road bike. Mm. And I, I, I never complain about that. Mm. I just changed to a little, one little tiny mountain bike chain ring on my, on my, on my road, road bike. bike. <laughs> and I love it. It's great. Yep. I've got a 10 sprocket though. So it does make it slightly less limiting. Oh, Bella. There is like, we're surrounded by wolves. <laughs> We've moved into a different room. <laughs> and there's like a guy, like Sunil, who owns the building, just banging on the wall. <laughs> Doing some work. Putting yeah. up his picture frames on the other side of the wall. Yep. And then we've, uh, we've got howling wolves. I don't know if you can hear that through the mouth. It's well, ho hopefully it isn't even going <laughs> to pick up on the microphones. That's how good the noise gates are. Hopefully, yeah. That's what I heard. So, so anyway, Di, I hope that answers your question. Thank you for your question. Don't ride with wolves. If you got any uh, questions, audience at home, put them into Wild Ones Podcast at cademedia.co.uk. Wild Ones Podcast at cademedia.co.uk. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Oh, can we ask you a quick favor before we go? If you like this episode, please give us a review or subscribe to us on YouTube. Review on Amazon, iTunes, and all those other places. It's almost Amazon, it's audibly, which is owned Made by, by Amazon. Made by Amazon. Ah. Mm. The reviews really help. Thank you, goodbye. Thank you, everyone. You're great. Love you. Love you, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.